we're stuck on a blue and green ball in the middle of nowhere. No one knows what the F is up, right? (laughs) Hello, welcome to another episode of Sippin' Cosmos. I'm your resident spiritual nerd, Ashley. I'm your skeptic, Lane. And I'm somewhere in between, I am Sarah. Today we have Danielle Beinstein in the house with us. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. You're an astrologist. Astrologer, yeah. Astrolog- I guess astrologist people. People I've just never heard anyone say Astrologer. that. Astrologer. Astrologer. Yeah. Okay. I'm a more I'm a psychological and intuitive counselor, but the the lens through which um, you know I perceive the world and not entirely perceive the world. You know I I see that through multiple lenses, but that's a way that I access my clients and kind of help guide them is through astrology. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a believer that it's the only thing. I think we need multiple tools. And so I bring different tools into helping my clients. I love that. What are Mm -hmm. some of the other tools that you... Inner child healing, Mm -hmm. kind of um, a deep kind of dive into the subconscious, the limiting pat, noticing the limiting patterns that we hold. But a big part of my work is inner child work. Um, and I've just found that astrology is a really profound, um, it's kind of a profound window into the human psyche. Interesting. So I want to learn a little mm-hmm. bit more about astrology mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. so what would you define astrology as? Is there any astronomical actual science backing it up or is it just about zodiac signs and stars and planets where they are in the sky when you're born? It's that. So your natal chart is a snapshot of the sky the moment you were born. And the way that I think of it is that when we draw our first breath, we take in the energy, right? So in order to believe in astrology, you have to believe in the unseen forces, right? So we know that the tides are affected by the moon. It's the same thing. We are made up of energy. That's why babies born during you know, major historical events kind of carry that energy within them throughout their lives because everything is energy if we choose to see it that way or we acknowledge, not if we choose, if we acknowledge that that's really what it is, right? So I believe that we carry that imprint, but it's the cards that were dealt. We then have to play the cards and that's where the free will comes in. It's like, it's just a blueprint of this is kind of the energy that you took on in this it's world. the raw data, right? So, for example, you can liken it to um, you can liken it to working out, right? So there may be dormant muscles in your body, but they're there. So the greater knowledge you have of your body and of the fascia and of the muscles, the more able you're going to be able to use them right. and grow them. So it's more like dormant energy. Yes, but some you know some energy we default to more readily, and that's often apparent in the natal chart. So I look at that and then I look at transits, which is what is happening in the sky currently, and then how that is affecting the native. Mm. Um, And then on top of that, I'll look at something called a progress chart, which is a day to year to conversion. So for every year that we live, our chart looks like it would a day after we're born. So that's that's how our chart evolves. When people say that our chart evolves, that's that. Um, then I'll look at astrocartography, so how our energy plays with different places around the world. That I always say take with a grain of salt, but it's eerily accurate. Right. When I think of astrology, I always think of the zodiac signs, you know? Yeah. And those are set dates. There's like a few mm-hmm. weeks for each sign. Mm-hmm. And what I never understood is that because like the earth and sun are always changing places, mm-hmm. 
why someone born like 50 years ago would be an Aries if they were born in late March and I'm an Aries born mm-hmm. in the 90s, uh, the same dates. So can you kind of touch on that? Like, So when you're looking at a natal chart, the sun is actually just a small part of it. It's the core essence. But a natal chart looks like a wheel, a 360-degree wheel. Oh, mine's right here. You have yours? Yes. And it's divided into what are called 12 houses, which kind of look like pie slices. And then there are 10 main celestial bodies peppered throughout. You have the sun and the moon, which are the luminaries. And then you have the inner planets, which is Mercury, Venus, Mars. Then you have the outer planets, right, which is Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Um, And so it's how those all interplay. So saying you're in Aries, as an example, is just a very small piece of the pie. So when I read a client's chart... um, they may have an airy sun, but I say, no, you're actually incredibly introverted and actually um, you're going to be more shy or more kind of people pleasing than an average. And that's Aries where the rising and the moon signs come. right? That's just a piece of it. It's another small piece. Yes. The rising sign is the the kind of horizon line. And so it's the energy we present to the world. Right. It's kind of like our conditioned mask. And what I see very often in adoptive children as it in addition to biological children, is that the rising sign often mirrors one of the major um, elements of one of the parents' chart because we learn how to be in the world from our parent. Um, The moon is our emotional landscape, but then all those other planets that I mentioned all have a significant impact on our energetic makeup. Interesting. Where did these attributes, like for personality or whatever, where did they come from? I mean, astrology... You know, if we want to say it was invented, it was in ancient Babylonia. Okay, right? I was going to say, is it Greek mythology? Yeah, it's ancient, ancient Babylonia. Babylon. It's like BC. Like, yeah, but there's there's references to it in the Torah. Um, so there's a there's a link there as well, um, and it's it's a great question. And to be honest, it's not one that I can say. Oh, here is where it here's where it came up. Yeah. yeah, I mean the constellations, right, have imagery, and so there's a kind of connection there. But it is bizarre to me, even to this day, I've worked with thousands of clients, how accurate it is. But you have to be able to read a chart appropriately because if you're just looking at the small details, you're looking at it piecemeal. And no human being is just – is these kind of piecemeal elements. We're a whole human yeah. with different aspects and seemingly contradictory personality traits. Right. So do you kind of like laugh at those like magazine horoscopes that you get with like cosmopolitan? You know, they're kind of bullshit. They're completely bullshit. And here's the thing is that we live in a consumerist society. So in order for things to sell, they have to be reduced right to the simplest, the most simplest terms. And so a lot of that is just kind of appealing to the masses, but it's not it's much more layered and complex than that. Just like you wouldn't, you wouldn't get um, a medical opinion from the back of a magazine. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, we true. Do. We Google it, but we, it's you know, then we all think we're having a heart attack all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Same exact MD thing. Is dangerous. Right. So people will. I say that I have kind of astrological trauma <laughs> victims because they come to me and they're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Someone told me or I read, you know, I, I looked at Google and this means that I'm only going to be attracted to cheaters and I'm screwed. And it's like, no, <laughs> just like you're not having the heart attack because you have some heartburn, most likely, you know. So it's it's we human beings, we crave certainty. Mm-hmm. And there is none. So, Danielle, you go to medical school to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. But how did you become an astrologer? I actually, I'm self-taught. 
Wow. I started studying when I was 19. I had a very rigorous academic education, and I was always uh, just the biggest book nerd, right, ever. And um, You and, studied philosophy at yeah, NYU? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I created my own major in philosophy, That's literature, really literature cool. and humanities. Um, and I started studying it in college by myself. And then I kept having my first job at Scholastic. My boss was really into astrology. I kept meeting older people who were kind of professional in it. And then when I was getting my master's in spiritual psychology, where they don't cover astrology, but kind of found a mentor there who is a working um, astrologer who's three years, three decades older than me. And so I really, she like kind of gave me the stamp and she was like, you have to go do this. Cool. Um, What is spiritual psychology exactly? So spiritual psychology, instead of kind of the Freudian perspective, it looks at the soul journey, right? So the root of psyche um, is actually soul, breath. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've divorced that in our modern world. Um, And so it looks at the psyche through the perspective of the spiritual journey, the soul having a human experience. So instead of things becoming pathological, like you have this diagnosis, this is the DSM handbook, this is what you have, seeing everything as if the soul is whole and the human, whatever ailment is there, whatever shows up, is a kind of separation from the wholeness. Mm. And then there's the perspective of um, just forgiveness, non-judgment, acceptance, so kind of spiritual tenets. And is that like chakra based? Like, is that where you study the chakras? Yes, and I actually did. So the third year um, is consciousness, health, and healing. And that focused almost entirely on the chakra system. Sarah and I just did a healing session yeah. with our good friend who's into sound healing yeah. and Reiki. It was really interesting. It was, she used uh, sound and instruments that mm-hmm. have vibrational fields and... Um, I don't know. It, it was really relaxing, meditative. Well, the way, you know, I learned it and I was taught is more the mind-soul-body connection. So the idea that if you have an ailment or dis-ease, you look at where in the body that is, and it's kind of a biofeedback. Your body is revealing um, a deeper kind of psychological element. It's not that we are responsible for our illness because that thing that gets very confused, mm. but more that it's a deeper window into um, what our body is trying to communicate to us. So, for example, if um, if we're getting a lot of sore throats, for example, this is the throat chakra, right? And so, not only is this about deep listening and speaking one's truth. But it's also surrendering personal will to divine will, getting out of your own way. So, you know, that feeling of like something stuck in your throat, Mm -hmm. you can't get it out, you can't speak your truth. You may develop an ailment there, a sore throat, that kind of thing. That's a very kind of surface, but that's that's also chakra work. That's the deeper chakra work. I'm totally open to that. But as a skeptic, you know, I come back to if you have a sore throat, maybe you're sick. Uh Maybe there's something biologically wrong with you. It's not that it's not that. It's not an either or. We tend to live in a binary world, but it's not. Right. It's like the physical element could be there and you could be at a place of absolute transcendence and your body For could sure. still fail I you. I suppose I don't know if there's not something wrong with my chakra because I, I, I you're not have, connected have, to it. Well, I would have no way of knowing is the thing I'm saying. I, right. I, there's no empirical evidence is no. my thing. But that's where the faith piece comes in. Right. Right. You have to have faith, obviously, to believe in it yeah 
And well, and also just recognize that your your body is made up of energy. For sure. And it's related to your mind. We tend to see everything through the mental state, especially in our world, right? right? And we, our culture, by and large, with, you know, walking around with our, just everything neck up. Yeah. So it's like embodiment. It's like feeling the fullness and wholeness. And I'm a big energy person, so I could could get behind that portion of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not saying don't go to the doctor if you need surgery. It's not saying don't go get surgery. (laughs) It's just looking at a, it holistically, right? right? Especially in allopathic medicine, we tend to look directly at like, what's the symptom? Mm-hmm. So this is like a deeper, well, let's look at, you know, I work with a craniosacral um, practitioner a lot and they can kind of tune in to where like, for example, I may be having pain in my shoulder, but actually it's re- it's the core of the pain is actually coming from a different part of my body. Right. Like, um, you know, Chinese medicine. Exactly. Yeah. All of that. And so... I tend to lean towards that more than just, I'm going to go to the doctor, they're going to give me a pill. Right. Have you healed someone just through spiritual? That's not my, that's not, you're I don't not, claim to do that. Cool. No, I don't, I hold the space for people to heal themselves. I, my work is really more about the um, psychological and emotional, but I will cool. guide people. You yeah, know, and I respect that you don't claim to do that because oh, no. <laughs> that would almost be impossible probably. It is. And I think that um, I don't I would never claim to replace an individual's own relationship to God, to their own journey. I just try to hold a unconditionally loving, neutral um, place for, for sure. people to explore their journey. Cool. Yeah. And you said on your website that you studied consciousness and, and that sort of. That was the third year. Okay relating to how we show up in the world. Do you believe there's like a collective consciousness that we're all kind of a part of that yes. some of us are have awakened to, some of us haven't, and we kind of just live our menial lives? And what is kind yeah. of your take on consciousness? Well, there's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So if you're in survival mode, it's really hard or challenging to be in that higher consciousness state. One isn't better or worse than another, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, and by the way, one could have very little money in their um, in their bank, but actually be of a higher consciousness. And one could have billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars and be at a very low consciousness. Well, right, because money is just a man-made concept that exactly. we've just run our society on, but it really has nothing to do with... Exactly, exactly. And you meet, you know, janitors, nurses, and they just, they feel transcendent. You're like, oh, you're just a, you're a higher being. You're, mm-hmm. you're just an elevated consciousness. Um, but yes, and I think astrology speaks to that. Astrology speaks to the kind of collective consciousness, and then it's how we relate to it as individuals. If we get a parking ticket on two totally different days, one day you get a parking ticket and you're like, fuck this. So, like, and you're so angry and, and a week later or whatever, I mean, I hope you're not getting parking tickets that often, <laughs> but another time you get a parking I'm ticket. I'm a very good parker. <laughs> Don't put that ticket. out into Sorry. that energy, <laughs> you know, Danielle. And you're like, you're happy. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, what's the big deal? It's so we have yeah. a kind of consciousness and it's not the thing outside of us. We live in a culture where we think, if I get that car, if I get that person, not that you can ever acquire a person, but if you're dating that person, if you purchase that thing, if you lose that weight, whatever, then you will be happy, right? But everything is inside of us. Yeah. And so it's how we relate to levels of consciousness. Right. And, 
you know, we're also in an age where it's very kind of cool to um, be outraged all the time Mm. and to be angry all the time. Um, And it's pulling us further and further from one another. Well, I think it's it's all about zooming out, right? Like if you're living your life, you're only worried about... You know, what you're going to do, mm-hmm. how much money mm-hmm. you're going to make, who, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just in, it's kind of like that first level, like survival rate. Yeah. And then yeah. if you're able to zoom out and just be happy, grateful for what you have, see your tiny piece in the big picture of the universe, like you, you don't care as much about that stuff. You don't sweat the small stuff. Exactly. Yes. But even that is binary thinking, mm. right? Because... You still have to pay your taxes, right? You, <laughs> you still, still have, have to live in this. Yes, those do suck. You still, <laughs> you still have to go to the dentist. You still have to, you know what I mean. You still have to take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. you can't lose touch with the mundane. Right. I'm, I'm very grounded in my perspective. It's the New Yorker in me, right? <laughs> um, very grounded in my perspective. But the more you can kind of gain awareness, oh, why, why am I feeling insecure after walking away from that person? Why, why did I respond so? urgently to mm. that text, we start to learn about ourselves and gain consciousness around our patterning. And we start to say, what are my deeper triggers? Why every time I'm around, you know, Aunt Susie, I don't have an Aunt Susie, but like, <laughs> I feel so activated. Like, mm-hmm. what is happening there? Without saying it's Aunt Susie's fault. It's like, what inside of me feels defensive? What inside mm. of me feels unsafe? And how how can I utilize that to learn more about myself um, so that I can show up in the world as the fullest expression of myself. Be the best version. Yeah. But it's not like zoom out all the time. I mean, you could do that, but then you're kind of going to live a monkish life, right? (laughs) Right. And if you're just always in the mundane, then there's no, you know, we need purpose and meaning as human beings. Mm -hmm. We we're stuck on a blue and green ball in the middle of nowhere. No one knows what the F is up, right? <laughs> yeah. So we need some kind of like, what is my purpose and meaning? And a lot of what's happening in the kind of collective right now is we don't know where we're deriving meaning. And a lot of what we're deriving meaning from is actually rooted in anger. It's right. not rooted Money, in Money, we... monetary gain, yeah. fame, success. Yes. You know, these things, it's kind of gearing yeah. us away from a spiritual Or like growth. you said, it's being angry for fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I do that. Yeah. And it's it's just, <laughs> you know, that to me is like, oh, right. Our nervous systems are fried. Our ner- And even though we've had the pandemic and, you know, a lot of people really struggled during the pandemic. Some people did amazingly well, but a lot of people struggled. Their nervous systems, ner- our nervous systems, our constant mm-hmm. stimulation are are just overtaxed. And when that happens, our minds get really activated. We're not mm-hmm. grounded. You'll rarely find someone who's grounded in their body and centered. I hear people talk about mercury in retrograde yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Can you please explain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is one. mercury in yeah. retrograde? Like what, what, what is that? <laughs> why is that such a big deal to so many people? Okay, so mercury um, is the planet of communication, named after the winged messenger, right? So communication, thought, mental processing. When it's retrograde, it has the illusion of moving backwards. So it's kind of tracing over the um, the degree points. And so it feels like it's going backwards. So it feels like things are kind of haywire because it rules communications or kind of like in some ways legal contracts or that kind of thing. People feel like that goes 
haywire. Yeah. Um, Everyone says don't sign contracts yeah. when Mercury's in retrograde. I'm like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> but I, you know, here's the thing with retrogrades is that, I, and I really genuinely believe this, is that there are periods of time where we can kind of see past the veil. Yeah. So I find that um, strangely people come back into my life or I run into people or sometimes something feels like it's almost magically faded. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, for example, I've said to clients, like, if you have an amazing apartment that comes or a house that comes forward during Mercury retrograde, just make sure you, you get it inspected, like really inspect it. Due diligence. Due diligence. Just be <laughs> extra careful. I had a client. She found an apartment. She thought she loved the apartment. You know, during Mercury retrograde, I said, listen, just make sure you get it inspected. Make sure you hire a fantastic inspector. They found all these things, and she's like, I didn't go through with it. After Mercury Retrograde, she found her dream apartment, you know. Yeah. So, but I always say take it with a grain of salt. I met my partner the day Venus went retrograde. Interesting. So how come I wasn't no going to not date him. How was, come no one says Venus in retrograde? Because yeah. that happens much more, <laughs> it, more rarely. It's infrequent. Sorry, Mercury Retrograde goes... Um, it goes retrograde three, sometimes four times a year. Right. Or it's Venus, like, it's going to be like every 18 months to two years. Okay. Gotcha. So it's more rare. We have one coming up in December in Capricorn. Oh, boy. Do people lump you in with like psychics or mediums? Does that ever, do you ever experience that? Yeah. Or, okay. And I'm like, I'm not that. <laughs> I mean, one of the first things I say when I'm on with a client is, you know, I'm not psychic. I don't purport to be psychic. Um, I'm you know, reading the energy of your chart, but more than anything, I'm holding an unconditionally loving space for you um, as you process where you are in your journey, you know? So it's much more therapeutic. Why do people, why do you think people just lump all that together? Because it's unknown, because it seems airy, you know? Because I think a lot of astrologers out there and historically um, were heavily predictive. Mm -hmm. So it's linked to psychic energy you know they're going to tell me that this is going to happen um and people just think back to the magazine horoscopes yeah. when you think of astrologer that's what most people think about yeah. or did i feel like everything's been yeah, changing well, the past changing, decade yeah. yeah but yes 100 percent. little lay person yes. might think about that you know yeah Our, it still comes up in my mind when i yeah. think about it yeah. for sure yeah. aren't there some predictive things there are. about astrology there are. for example you know like cycles seven year cycles stuff all like of that. that all of that but you can't possibly say this is going to happen to you. You can say there's going to well. be an energetic opportunity, you, you know, but I don't I don't like to do too much of that. And I use really neutral language because self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. So if someone says to you, you know, your partner has, you know, dark brown hair and, you know, green eyes and they're going to wear um I don't know, a necklace with a, a fairy on it. And you're like, you don't meet, you meet someone else that you like and they, their necklace has a you know, star on it. You're like, that's not my partner. And, you, you know, I've literally had this happen to people and they're freaking out. And I'm oh like, my God. no, no. So I'm not going to tell you. People you know, take things so literally. That's why I can't get behind psychics, Ashley. Okay. I, I, I do think, I do title. think. <laughs> Like, okay. Well, Ashley loves psychics. I just, no, I, I just, just, I feel like a lot of psychics do try to, you know. I don't love psychics, but predict but things like that. I'm intrigued by yeah. the mystical some people, world. Some think. people, I believe, are a direct channel. I and I think it's very rare. And I've actually 
you know, because people will say, can you recommend? And I say, as soon as I find someone that I actually think is excellent. Um, Please let us know. Yeah, I always <laughs> yeah. say that because I, I have a couple names that I got actually recently and people were like, I'm telling you. But I actually am not, I, the thing that drives me the most is engagement in the mystery. I'm less interested just on a personal level to know because to me, I want to go on the journey. And I want to just, my intention always is to, how can I open my heart more? How can I be more present to whatever the learning is? Um, I know, I know my time on this planet is limited and I'm not as interested in having it mapped out. Well, there certainly the are things that we can't comprehend that are going on that here's an are example. beyond our comprehension. And that's, that's yeah. a good point. It's like you're limited and you know yes. you're limited. So why are you going to limit the universe to your limitations, it doesn't make sense. Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree no, with I, that. I, I know there are things that I can't comprehend, but I, I accept that I can't comprehend them. Here, so you don't even wonder or want oh, to. I, I wonder, but I feel like reach. it's it's hard to just it's hard to live your life just pretending. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> when I was when I was 19, my dad took me on safari in Africa. It was a life changing event awesome. because I, when I was little, my mom said I come from a very kind of scientifically minded, kind of agnostic background. Um, and my mom, I grew up in New York City. My mom would take me to museums all the time, and she would take me to the Museum of Natural History. My mother um, had a has always had a deep admiration and profound respect for the Native American culture. She just has. Um, and um, I remember when I was like, f I remember being like four, my mom being like, they had it right. We just came in and fucked everything up. I don't think that's true. But like, my, they but, did. That, but, but that's like, that was, you know, that's what she would say to me. But I, um, she jokes that like, I, you know, we would travel through the museum and I was like, I lived during that period. I was like, as a small child. And then, I grew up in Manhattan and I kind of was like, no, I'm an atheist and there's no God. And um, and my dad took me on safari and um, with my older sister and we were on safari. And I remember just looking, we were at a, in a game drive and I remember looking out and I remember there was a rhinoceros and giraffe and you know the guide had said that the giraffe's height alerts you know the other animals to a lion pride that might be coming and actually i believe it was the rhinoceroses they're actually speaking but you can't hear it and i was like oh there's just no way there's not a i mean this is perfection like it's perfect right mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the lion isn't gonna ravage the hyena and eat it you know or the warthog it just means like there is a kind of perfection here and we're not separate from that perfection our mind is separate from that perfection our mind gets in the way but we're a part we're of a that. part of the kind of you know just i will forever until i leave this earth be odd that human beings make other human beings yeah like it's just mm. it's just mesmerizing it's wild like it's there's just there's no you can have the scientific explanation, but even like fertility doctors can't wrap their head around why some people get pregnant, even though they're told they can. And then other people it's like fertility is so mystical, like the the kind of life itself is mystical. Pregnancy has always just 
freak me out. Like right. I'm just in awe. <laughs> I like that wild. something is in yeah. someone's stomach and it's life and it's it's I I agree. It's really someone just made a TikTok the other day. This girl and she was like, I have a literally a portal between my legs yes. that brings souls into this universe. Yeah. And I was just like. <laughs> Whoa! But, oh yeah. my God! But that that's is an yeah. interesting way of looking it's, at it. I yeah. used to like stare at pregnant women when I was little. Like, really? It's it's I mesmerizing. Under, I, I, it, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a classic little I, Ashley I thing to do. I grew up and I realized that wasn't polite. Yeah. <laughs> wow! I actually stopped staring. <laughs> I think one time my aunt was like really freaked out, and I was just like, "Cannot compute." <laughs> yeah, and I kind of I try my intention, and believe me my partner would be like, um, yeah, not all the time. But I try to live <laughs> with that level of reverence mm. um, because I think we can choose cynicism or we can choose awe. And I think to to be in continual awe. And like also, humans have caused a lot of destruction. Humans have created incredible, incredible works of art, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like there's just... For um, all the evil and terrible, there's so much and beauty. It's and, a mixed bag. Humans yeah. were a mixed bag. But, like, I just, you know, so I think about that and I think there's something else going on. Right. There's just something else going on. I mean, yeah. I believe that at my core and that's my work. But, yeah. What I was trying to say before is, like, I'm not going to waste my time uh, thinking about every possibility and making things up. For why certain things are but it is interesting to be creative and go down that route of no, course i agree i think there's a freedom in just accepting that we're probably not gonna know mm -hmm. and just like enjoying your time here yeah that's and my mindset yeah and like but also all the respect I, I, in the world i, to I love being creative and thinking that way and but it's not just making it up out of thin air, though, is what I'm not... Like, I, you're, you're acting like listen, it's like made that's up not, out that's of not thin what air. I'm, that's not what I'm saying exactly, but... Trying not, to figure I, out all the answers. I, I, I get what you're saying. Right. I'm not trying to figure out all the answers or come up with different, I don't know, mystical ways for why things are. That's are just you how the way I am. Are you self-investigative? Like, do you look at your character traits or the way you show up in relationship or your communication style or, you know, how you respond? I don't do enough of that. Yeah. Because yeah. that, 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 that to me is the essence of the journey, you know? Not navel-gazing to the point where you're not present, but to learn more about... Because the more you understand your own patterning, the more empathy and forgiveness you have for others. Right. See, I do a lot of that. Yeah. Anytime I have like a negative thought or something, I catch myself and I'm like, why is that my thought? Why? Okay. What am I feeling that's causing that? Or like in a relationship where it's like all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm all, so much less jealous than I used yeah. to be I used, when I was young I was just like mm -hmm. so and now it's like okay worst case scenario if someone cheats on you if someone has a relationship with someone else well yes it's painful but what is that inside of me that hurts about it's my ego mm -hmm. it's my huge gigantic ego and why am I why is that so important to me like mm -hmm. these are the things that I kind I like scrutinize myself in a way with yeah. these questions anytime I'm feeling something like, oh, I don't like that. Okay, why am I doing that? Yeah. Yeah, I think what I just take a little... 
that doesn't sit right with me. I was like, back to the word mystical that you used. Back to you saying waste your time making things up. I'm not. I I have an issue with that because (laughs) it's not a waste of time to look outside of yourself and to look at the actual tangible energy and celestial bodies and the universe and to try to understand and grow spiritually. I think that's really oh, the I'm only 100% open, purpose. purpose but I, I, don't, I don't find the energy so absolutely tangible. Just saying like, I'm never going to know. <laughs> it's like you're you're holding yourself stagnant and you're, you even say you think you're a God, your God's inside you. So it's <laughs> like, why are you saying that you're such a limited being? You don't want to know. I'm not, you don't want to seek. I think everyone's know? their own God, not that I'm the God. Okay. I know. Let's, that's, not get it, let's not get it twisted. That's Lane what I'm saying, God. though. You have infinite <laughs> possibilities right. within you. So why are you, you know, you're limiting yourself and your growth and your perspective. Maybe I, maybe I am a bit, but I, I just always. Is it a control thing? It's, it's, it's a scientific thing for me. It's like. But science as, is inquiry. As much the as root I, of science is yeah, inquiry. Yeah. That's the whole. I love science. As yeah. much as I science want to, science is trying to understand yeah. the world around us as There's well. There's something about me. As soon as I start thinking about those possibilities, mm-hmm. I always snap back into science mm-hmm. evidence. But okay, so evidence is different. The scientific inquiry, right, is to continually ask questions and to push the boundary and to ask more and more questions. What you're saying is you don't have tangible proof, right? And so you're saying it's a defensive, I'm not judging, but it's a defensive way to exist in the world. I I need proof, which is not, it's just not in the heart. But like you, what makes you fall in love with someone? Mm, that's a tough question. You might not even well, be able to you perceive. Know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like You that. guys are going to laugh at me, but I'm going to say they're energy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. So that's, it's not... <laughs> It's not a tangible thing. <laughs> love is not a tangible. Yeah. I mean, we show up in loving through acts of service, through care, through communication style. But falling in love with someone, it's you know, the most irrational thing on the planet. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. But what are we without that? What are we without love? I don't mean just romantic love. I also, you know, Love of, you know, platonic love, love of a creative expression. Yeah, and I'm a creative person, so that's why, I don't know, I guess I'm a complex human being. Yes, we all are. And you only have five senses. You might not even be able to, at this level of what we've evolved to at this point, even perceive the hardcore evidence mm-hmm. that we and may Ashley evolve also, She also become. Ashley thinks I'm a medium as well. She really I thinks think I you're am. sensitive to energy. Yeah. I really am though. And so. uh, we went, <laughs> we went <laughs> ghost hunting. Yeah. And, uh, Did you? We went to a haunted place <laughs> and Lane, the skeptic out of the group, felt things, was saying things about like what was there. And then he's like, oh no, it's not. It's nothing. Maybe it is a defense mechanism. <laughs> you might be right, Daniel. He was saying crazier things than I've ever said. Because and, <laughs> I do feel things, but yeah. then just my brain wants me to snap back mm-hmm. into like uh, the confinement of yeah science. I th- I honestly think human existence is like a journey of remembering and forgetting. So it's like we forget that we are, you know, spiritual beings, right? Um, and then we remember, and then we forget, and then we remember. Um, so I think it's more about just thinking, um, not even thinking, but resonating at the heart and an energetic level. Because the truth is, our minds will never comprehend that we are like stuck to this green and blue ball circling through the world. Right. And like 
try and try and understand that as far as we know space doesn't end like you will you're it, it's so perplexing it's like i don't understand what is that we're never going to yeah. understand it yeah when i was a kid i used to like keep my mom up at night mm-hmm. my poor mother <laughs> but like because i would ask these yeah. questions as kids yes, do they're totally. like uh, by the way why are we here <laughs> and, like, what is this yeah by the way what is all of this what well, you were smart inquiring kid because not all kids kids are like candy candy i, I guess super mario brothers oh my god i would drive myself crazy <laughs> and i already have trouble sleeping so mm-hmm. i would be up in the middle of the night going over this and going over that and just like can't can't figure it out and i'm like waking up my mom and my mom's poor mom's trying to sleep and she's like mom listen i can't figure out the meaning of life why are we here You're like, like five You're can you talk to me can you just talk about it and my mom's just like uh listen like just gotta enjoy this yeah. while we're here like what do you say to a kid but i remember i would go insane yeah. i would go insane and then one day it was just like all right well okay I'm never going to know. I'm never going to know. And I have to sleep. Yes. (laughs) I used to have self-reflective moments as a kid, like literally looking at my, like trying to, I'm like, what is this? Like, what (laughs) is this? What is this? Like, and I would like freak myself out. I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about. I'm like, oh, you're telling me that (laughs) we're all going to die one day? Like you and dad are, you guys are going to die. I'm going to die. I, I don't feel great I right went now. Through, <laughs> I went through a phase. I went through a phase where I had, like it was actually fairly recently. It was when I was in college, where I, I had anxiety about like thinking about the world without me. Like, yeah, I, I'm gonna die and it's gonna be over. And like, what is everything around me? Yeah, what's the point? That's an ego death. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think my ego kind of died when I started to accept it in a way. Yeah, um, I I think that it's. It's it can be so overwhelming. Right. And so I think it's just continuing on the journey of saying, yeah, I know that this is a process because essentially life is a process in letting go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a process in letting go. I've learned that for sure. Yeah. And you'll continue to learn it. It's just (laughs) the way it goes. Right. But there's an openness that can come with that and a kind of peacefulness um, that can come with it. Definitely. What is your take on reincarnation? I believe in it. Um, I have doubts. I think faith and doubt are interwoven. But I do believe that we come back. Um, There's a crazy book called Journey of Souls. Have you read it? No. I've read Many Souls, Many Masters. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. It like through hypnosis they recorded yeah basically what happens between like it's kind of like the movie soul did you see pixar soul we talk about that yeah yeah late late (laughs) mentions that one a lot i love that movie yeah it was great it's that movie is so profound and it's really about having the right it's not about the success or the it's about the presence right and i love that it was set in new york like i just love that (laughs) yeah because new york is so alive in that way right um but i think that that's that's what i believe um, do I have moments of doubt about it? Sure. A I think lot. It's, it's impossible to say like this is what it is. You know, it's a journey of exploration, right? Yeah. But, um, I've, but I've had that feeling. Yeah. Like I said, as a little girl, like where did I get that from? I was specifically obsessed with the American South during antebellum American South. Obsessed. I've been obsessed with ancient Egypt yeah. since I was a yeah. kid. Can't explain it. 
Interesting. It's a lot a lot of children and then there's children who remember past lives and oh, tell yes. extravagant yeah. stories. What are you obsessed it? with, Lane? <laughs> I, I honestly forget what I was as a child obsessed with. Maybe like medieval knights or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps I was a knight. I was obsessed <laughs> with the Titanic. Really? That's... I take out books on the Titanic, like the same book, like because my library only had like three or four books on the Titanic, and I would <laughs> stare at the pictures. I find that interesting. I didn't care about the Titanic at all. I did. I have that. I still have really? that. Like even I think two months ago, I was like, I need to rewatch Titanic, and then I was like reading all the survival stories. Yeah. yeah, I felt very. But I don't know if that, for me that was just more macabre. Like when I, yeah, but the Titanic mm-hmm. is it's fascinating. It's fat and I, like yeah. Yeah, I wonder how astrology could intertwine with past life theory. Well, it does. Like the idea that our souls come here and we we come with certain lessons that we've learned and less certain lessons that we're meant to learn that can be evidenced in the nodes. There's also the idea of sacred or soul contracts, right? So there are different, like, why do you feel like, I feel like I've known you before, but I've never met you, mm-hmm. right? So there's that element as well. Um yeah, I think that you're never going to get proof on it. I mean, you may get close to proof, yeah. but you're never going to get proof. But I think I think to be skeptic, I think there's a healthy part of being skeptic. I really do. But I think there's a way in which it can be a protection or a self-defense mechanism. Like all things, they're nuanced and textured, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, what is the fear? Like, what if it is true? If it is true, what does that say about me? I guess it's kind of easy to be a skeptical in a way is what I'm finding through this discussion. And maybe I need to take the more difficult route sometimes. Yeah. Aw. Ashley loves that. (laughs) Wow. Okay, real quick. Sarah, can I grab this? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, this is your chart. So this is my chart. Mm -hmm. I got a reading. Um, I'm not going to ask you to, like, read it, but... I don't know what this means. Like uh-huh. I had a reading. I kind of forgot what uh-huh. was said. There's degrees on here and Correct. symbols and Correct. like really specific. And it's like, what does this mean? Can you just yeah. like give a little like, bit? I'm not going to ask you what I, it means. I'm actually going to ask you what it is. The symbols and the degrees and like, what is that? Yeah. Like, so, like just to code the chart. It basically. looks yeah. like, oh, see the progress chart. Yeah. So, so that's my when and where and everything I was born. And there's different. Oh, we have the same birthday. Same Virgo, no September eighteenth. But I'm, wow. I'm just, I'm 1980. <laughs> it's my, wow. god, my goddaughter's birthday really? too. I love Virgos. It's Greta Garbo's birthday, Ooh. and Samuel Johnson who created the um, dictionary. Wow, it's my goddaughter's birthday really? too. Great company. I yeah. thought you were gonna say Samuel L. Jackson. I was like, <laughs> I did too. Uh, <laughs> Not no, I mean, I was like, like let me get my kangle out. Honestly, wouldn't be a bad person to share. I know. I, I love Tired that. Tired of these snakes on his <laughs> So he, like, you know, he was saying stuff about seven years and this and that. Yes. And so this, let's just take this here. This the in inner the middle, circle. Right? The inner circle, right? So this here, this is the rising sign. Okay. This is the descendant. So think of it as like the front. So this is what I present in the world. The seventh is what you project onto others in intimate relationship or how the kind of people that you draw in an intimate relationship, mm. right? So, if so we why look, why is it broken up into that many sections? So these are called the houses. Okay. So houses, like I said earlier, represent different aspects of our life, and then, like I said, there's ten main celestial bodies. So, what does a rising sign and a moon sign mean? The rising sign is the conditioned mass, like I talk about. The moon is the emotional landscape. Okay. So you have a Virgo sun. And a Gemini moon, which means you're double influenced by Mercury. 
So, but the, the retrograde is not good for you, <laughs> Ashley. But the rising sign is really important because the rising sign sets what our our chart ruler is. So, I mean, is it Sagittarius? I, yeah, it looks like it's Sag there, okay. and then that's Gemini, which makes okay. sense. They're always opposite, right? So, if you're Sag rising, that means that Jupiter is your chart ruler. And you have Jupiter in Libra, which means you grow through partnership, and partnership is really significant for you. That's so weird because that was the card I pulled, creative Yeah, you're right. You're right. But basically, so let's say you have a lot of ninth house energy. So what's the ninth house? Ninth house is actually likened to Sagittarius. So philosophical, um, kind of looking at the higher perspective, Mm. um, it can be... Sagittarius and the ninth house are related to law, not so much like the scales of law. That's more Libra, but more like the concept of justice. Mm. So ninth house energy is kind of esoteric terminology and then the institutions are kind of around it. Right. So um, love, religion. Right. In theory, religions are just containers for love. Mm. They've become not necessarily that but that's what it is right so ninth house is highly philosophical mm. it's the higher mind i mean yeah interested in foreign I mean, foreign <laughs> travel so um so how many houses are there 12 oh okay the signs yes the zodiac and they signs kind of, are the houses yes but the houses are one through 12 makes me think of harry potter i was just Sorry. gonna say i'm in Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> totally, gonna say that. totally and so you know, for example, looks like you have your moon in the sixth house, which means that you are driven, like you have a need to serve in some way. You have a need to um, better your environment, but you're going to come at it. You have a strong intellect. You actually have a strong intellect and a way of kind of perceiving, but you need to be able to converse in mm. partnership. Mm-hmm. You need to converse. Mm-hmm. I could hear. I, I see that. I see it, too. <laughs> Your sun is sandwiched between Mercury and Jupiter, which means that you are meant to share information on a larger stage. Okay, that's what he said. I yeah. I feel the need yes. to share information. Yes. So I was reading your, prog- like, this is your progress. This is your, yeah. And you're upcoming on your Saturn. You're in the middle of your Saturn return right now because your Saturn's at 12 degrees Aquarius. So what does that mean? I was like asleep for like my, it was like not. You weren't asleep. When not you asleep. <laughs> not asleep. But like it, my, it wasn't. Dormant. Yeah, it was dormant. No, it was moving through the Zodiac. And what Saturn return is Saturn returns to the point it was at your birth. Okay. So it's a kind of maturation or responsibility. But Saturn, Saturn transits actually line up with psychological development. So they happen every major Saturn transits happen once every seven years. So when we're seven years old, Right. We start to separate from our parents. There's that first kind of real individuation. We go to we're in first grade. We kind of are starting our psychologists will say that our kind of core personality is developed. Fourteen, seven years later, kind of we're in adolescence. That's that first rebellion. Right. Mm-hmm. Twenty one. We're in college. But twenty eight. It's like we're an adult in the world. Right. So that's the Saturn return. It's like you can, you know, it's like, what do you want your life to be about? It's no longer about, you know, the family or the tribe necessarily that you come from, though it can be. And it's like, what are you choosing into? And it's really about taking on responsibility. I have a question. Yeah. Can't this chart be a bit limiting considering there are other galaxies that we know about as well? So why so why are we only think about why are we only relying on the planets that we know about? Because we're in this solar system in this galaxy. That's a great question though. Yeah. 
And other, maybe we'll discover more. And maybe it'll continue to grow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know the saying, a, a butterfly bats their wing in Alaska, it affects you yeah. and whatever. I've never heard that. It's like something something could be happening in another galaxy yeah. that's in turn affecting the energy in this solar system. Yeah, because it's all interrelated. Could be. You can't yeah. rule it out. Is just no. All okay. No. Hey. <laughs> See, I'm open. That's why I'm, I'm trying to understand if we can expand this chart even more. Does anyone have any questions? Is this live on TikTok? Yeah, yeah. We've wow. been live the whole time. Oh, my God. There's astrology TikTok. Like, is there? Yeah, yeah, there's people on there talking about. Oh my god, there's a whole group of people on yeah. TikTok that think that they can. Um, <laughs> He's looking at it. It's called they switch or something, and they basically lucid dream and they decide what they're going to dream about, and they say that they enter a new reality. Yeah. People lucid dream. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, on TikTok, but it's a trend on TikTok. Yeah. Isn't everything a trend, trend on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, there's a TikTok for everything. Yeah. Yeah, you for like punch everyone. your grandma in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's just everything. Punch everything. your grandma in the face. Yeah, that's a TikTok trend. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that's so mean. No, I'm okay. kidding. It's not a real thing. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it is now, <laughs> guys. D don't do it. <laughs> don't do that. Do they know what I'm talking about? The switching thing where they they. Wait, wait, say it again. Oh my gosh. It's like it's lucid. I mean, I know what lucid dreaming yeah. is. Lucid dreaming is when you consciously kind of like, decide dream. how you're going to yeah. dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can astral project too. Oh, okay. Wow. What is that? When you go into other realms. Like what? What's the other realm? Another dimension, you yeah. mean? Through meditation? I mean, I so was you're saying, big on meditation, right? I am. I mean, I, I had a near-death experience in mm. 2016. My car flipped four times on oh the 101 God. near Monterey. <gasps> yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. But I, I lost consciousness, but I, I went somewhere, and I didn't have a scratch on me. And you should see the car. Like, it makes no sense. Wow. Um, Where did you go? Well, the craziest thing that I had planned a month-long retreat in northern california for myself to rebirth and this happened on day one driving up there and i just what i remember is like intense kind of pastels and kind of just like this white light that's all that's all, in all truth that's all i remember but i've had sep separate shaman say to me that the plan was to go so this is september of 2016 the plan was to go, which is interesting because I always thought I would die young. And I wasn't, I'm not reckless. Like, I'm not a drinker, never did drugs. Not like, there was, I never put myself in, but I was like, I just feel like the plan was to go. But then I realized how crazy the world was going to be and I wanted to be around for it. And that was like, that was two months before Trump became president. Whatever you think of Trump, like the world has, you know, and it's gotten increasingly crazier. Mm -hmm. And so... I'm like, I guess I wanted to stick around for it. Did the shaman say why you chose to stay? Just or that I wanted, I wanted to be able to experience it and be present for it. And I wanted to live a life of creative freedom. And I felt I'd never actually been in love. And I really wanted to have the experience of true love. And I'm going to get emotional. Six months of the day after that, my partner walked up to me at Rose Cafe. Wow. Yeah. And someone I would have never been, I mean, he's very handsome and very beautiful <laughs> and i was just never attracted to men my own age never attracted to creatives never attracted like it just totally did a 180 
Wow. And he's literally changed my life and my my worldview. That car crash changed everything. It yeah. changed everything. Like my friend jokes, take the 101 to like the life change. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It really did. It really did. Wow. Yeah. That's and incredible. Yeah. I've had an interesting, I mean, this is kind of revealing, but an interesting relationship to death since because I actually became more afraid of it after because I started to actually invest in things in my life. Before that, I was kind of floaty. I was like mm. just meditating all the time. I was like, whatever. what, And like I've deeply invested and I'm like, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go. I've, I've here. I want to be here. Yeah. So it's like I got a second chance and like I, now I really want to be here. Yeah. yeah. That's my mindset as well. And I had a shift as well. Like my brain started changing uh, when I was in college yeah. and I went through a lot of mental illness. Yeah. And after that. I've, I feel the same way as you. Yeah. That was kind of my like, car crash was going through all that. Yeah. And now I feel a little more scared to die because I have so much to live for. You know, it's interesting not to do this kind of publicly. and We don't have to. But if you experience that and now you have kind of fear around going into other realms, it could be are you going to lose touch with reality in a way that can bring up maybe some trauma that you had around that time right yeah like it may be related you know there may be a way in which you're holding um if i go down this path am i going to lose touch with i don't know what you experience but am i going to lose touch with reality or and is reality you know physical world reality i can touch this i i can you know yeah possibly we do have a question from tiktok Curious what your go-to argument slash perspective is when coming across skeptics of astrology. You know, I actually have, I don't, all due respect, I don't have an interest in like converting people. Mm-hmm. I Like, I, I'm i not here to proselytize. I'm not evangelical. It's a tool, you know, give it a shot. I do work with a lot of people. A lot of, um, a lot of people send their skeptical partners to me because I have a very grounded approach. Um, but I'm not, I believe whatever you want to believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, that makes total sense. It's, it's like not your job. No, and it's also like, I. there's no satisfaction, there's no winning. I'm not interested in winning. I'm just interested in holding a safe, sacred place for people. That's, you know, so if it makes them feel unsafe to explore this, I, I understand that and I respect that. That's awesome. And to people that are open to it and go to you and mm-hmm. you're a yeah. helpful tool and yeah. to explore that stuff. Yeah. yeah and I work from all thing. all people, all walks of life, religions, ethnicity. I have two camps that I tend to work with the most for some reason, which is lawyers <laughs> and actors. Hmm. Well, for, LA for you. Yes. But I have clients all over the globe. And then a lot of people who grew up in very religious upbringings, which is interesting because I didn't, but I did grow up in a, in a, as we all do, a kind of tribal mentality. And once you just see that all, all people grow up in some kind of tribal mentality, it, it's a very neutral way to perceive it, right? I do take um, cultural, social um, context into, like, into my readings, very much so, because you know, it's not just all energy is neutral to directed. But mm-hmm. if someone is raised, you know, in Nigeria, they're going to have a different experience than, you know, someone raised in, you know, the Czech Republic. 
if you have anything else you want to share about, you know, what you offer on your website, what and you have like a subscription, right? I do. Well, I have a membership. So um, a big tenet of my work or a big belief that I have is following the moon cycles. Just starting as simply as just noticing the cycles of the moon to connect with the earth and the natural cycles. And new moons are times of planting seeds and full moons are ones of awareness and illumination. So my membership is all about kind of tracking those cycles, really simple, but really deep and profound work. Um, And involves, it also includes all my intro courses and then a monthly call, um, Mm. which is basically just like community sharing and again, a sacred space. That is always my intention, a sacred space. Danielle, thank you so much for being here. It was truly a pleasure. Your energy is really great. Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) For sure. It really, you know, it meant a lot. Thank you. Definitely. You guys are great. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for listening, watching, liking, subscribing. Check out Danielle, her website, DanielleBeinstein.com. Yep. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.